Welcome back to Fight Stance Podcast. This is Flex. This is JC. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, you want to get into PFL right away? Let's do it. Yeah, man. So uh, taking this early morning bus trip up to PFL for PFL 1. Um, truly excited to go check this out. New organization. The former WSOF rebranded as PFL. They've got a lot of promising uh, things going on, and uh, I'm really excited to check it out. We actually, you actually wanted some free tickets. I did, I did on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, man, I like the PFL, man. There's something about them taking risks. I like these new organizations that seem to be taking risks with uh, a new style. And you know, I can credit you with uh, bringing it to my attention. I didn't know that they were doing this tournament style until you brought it to my attention. You know, some yeah. time ago. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna take a while for people to get used to. Um, but I think they're headed down, they're heading down the right path. Um, you know, people have to get used to the fighters. Um, they have some notable guys, but, uh, you know, some of their most notable are still kind of unknowns with Dre, the bull, uh, Lance Lance Palmer. Um, Jake Shields is well known, but people have forgotten about him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's past his time, but, uh, name. Yeah, he, he, enough he's, to get things going. Right. So tomorrow is actually the featherweights and the heavyweights. So what they do is they they rank their guys one through twelve. I believe it's one through twelve, and they have the one guy fight the twelve guy, the two fight the eleven, and so on, tournament style. End of the season, uh, whoever wins each division, I believe they have six divisions. And the winner of each division will get a million dollars. So tomorrow we're going to head up there, uh, probably get to New York sometime in the afternoon. It's going to be at Madison Square Garden, the Hulu Theater. Um, It's going to be a good time, man. Uh, like I said, Andre the Bull Harrison's fighting, Lance Palmer's fighting. Uh, a couple of guys miss weight. We saw it today. Yeah, miss weight by a significant amount. I mean, nine pounds... It's it's kind of disgusting with what's on the line. I know. I know. How do you not come prepared knowing that you've had all this time and... And a chance to win a million dollars. That's the thing, right? And that's chance, why this come on, man. gets really exciting, even with not knowing a lot of the names on the PFL card. I'm not going to lie to you. I know Lance Palmer, of course. I know Andre Harrison. I'm looking at the card now. I probably know... Maybe four or five of these Sean fighters. Sean Jordan is the one that missed weight. That was another name that we knew from the UFC. Yeah, Sean Jordan, WSOF. Man, a, a guy that uh, gave Black Beast one of his only <clears throat> knockout losses. You know, hit him with a nice hook kick, TKO'd him. Sean Jordan had a pretty good record, if I remember correctly, yeah, in the UFC. Not bad. You know, he was yeah. he was a heavyweight that that moved well and had some solid striking. So from what I understand, he's. I mean, you missed. You miss weight by nine pounds. You're taking off the card. Yeah. Um, a couple other fights had to be rearranged because for the athletic commission up in New York, you have to be within 50 pounds of your other opponent. There was a heavyweight fighter who weighed in at 215, which uh, was extremely on the light, extremely on the lighter side. Yeah, you would just imagine, hey man, cut weight and go down the light heavyweight. Yeah, and his his opponent was at 265. Um. And that's 50 pounds. You got to be within 25. So they had to rearrange their opponents a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, I think it's going to be a good time. I really like 
there's there were too many organizations that were trying to follow the UFC's model. Yeah. And the UFC model is these are our rankings. They're subjective. You know, there's there're writers that do these rankings. And the rankings don't really matter and they say, "Hey, this is uh we're going to do the number 1 guy against the number 4 guy." We're going to do the champion against the number two guy. And there's no real rhyme or reason to anything. But all these other organizations were trying to steal that model and uh, do the same thing. They're going to have a ranking system. They're going to have a championship belt. The problem is you're doing that with lesser talent. Not saying these organizations don't have talent, but overall lesser talent, smaller venues, just on an overall smaller scale. So you're trying to be the UFC with less funding, less talent, all these other things. It's difficult. You have to uh, you have to really think outside the box and come up with something new. And that's why I appreciate what the PFL's doing. Same. Same. That's why I'm in I'm in full support of it. You know, anything that grows mixed martial arts, anything that changes the game and kind of gets people thinking you know you look at pfl and you look at what they're doing and uh there's one thing i don't know if you want to touch on it or not with uh you know unified rules in general is something that i'm really passionate about because when i see a big change in mixed martial arts and i agree with it personally yeah of course i would like to see every commission adopt that though that's not the case and with something like PFL, they decided to go without elbows. What do you think about that? Well, I, I only found out about this today. Um, taking elbows out of MMA seems so silly to me. Especially with Muay Thai being such a big part of MMA. Exactly. Um, maybe the primary striking system in MMA... And it's, it's the art of eight limbs. Now it's the art of six. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, like you can't just take out elbows. That takes out elbows in the clinch. That takes out elbows. If you come in with that thrusting elbow from distance, that takes out ground and pound elbows. And I guess the thought process behind it is the PFL's season is starting in june it lasts through new years Mm -hmm. so that's a span of seven months right these guys are going to be fighting i believe it's four times over the span of seven months you know you're fighting essentially once every six seven weeks um and they're, they're trying to prevent these guys from getting these nasty cuts um something that's going to be hard to to rehab, to repair, and prevent them from fighting um, in another upcoming event. Because if, if one of these guys gets hurt, it messes up their bracket style, uh, their their bracket style model that they've kind of built this built this around. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's it's tough when you get into that. You know, when you get into that line of thinking where they're trying to protect something that they worked so hard on. I can understand why. They don't want to risk having to bring in, you know, a replacement fighter in this tournament because people are going to get attached to the name. If you have people that don't remember World Series of Fighting, 
don't know that PFL comes from that and it is a new branding. If people are new to MMA or new to PFL specifically, they're not going to know some of these fighters. As they watch, the hope is that people are going to get attached to these fighters based on their performances and their performances are going to be based on I can win a million dollars. I have to put it all out on the line. This isn't the UFC where they're playing this game of who can I beat? Who's the easiest fight that's ranked the highest? That's the UFC game right now, you know? And yeah. PFL's breaking that model. And I don't know if people are going to get attached and I, fall off of the PFL if somebody gets injured. I, I think they've got some great things. They brought in some great people. Brought in Brian Stan. Uh, I saw the broadcast team. They're bringing back Boss Rutan. Uh, boss, Randy Couture, man. love boss, and Eve Edwards is going to be on there. I think Eve is going to be a great commentator. Definitely, I'm um, glad they added him and Stan. I saw just it was just last week that they announced Stan, right? I saw so an it, was, it was recent from last and, week. Uh, I'm not sure his exact role. It's something with fighter development, whatever whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> they probably just created the position just, just for, him. for him. Yeah, but uh, you know he's a name and. He, he has a good reputation, and he's a good guy to have. You know, I'm all for, like I said, thinking outside the box, doing something different, trying to separate yourself. Mm-hmm. It just came out with the uh, MMA Pro League that's going to be starting in New Jersey okay. with uh, Dan Miller, uh, like a draft style. And these guys, um, they they represent cities. Oh, I remember you sending me that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily see that being successful, but if they had just come out and said, hey, we're going to do a 1 through 10 ranking system, this guy's going to have the belt, you're stuck down in the bottom, down in the basement of MMA organizations, you know? Mm. You, you got to think outside the box and have something that people can say, hey, this is different. I kind of like this. Yeah. So. That's the thing is that anything... <laughs> And from my experience, from what I want to see just as a fan to be entertained, I want to see something different because the format is basic. It's fighting. If you love fighting, you want to see it. You want to see it at all different levels. And uh, if you take some high-level talent and you throw in a twist, people are going to be intrigued. It's how they hold that intrigue. And I'm just looking, something that we didn't touch on before in just our conversations over the past couple weeks uh, and discussing PFL, one thing I just found is interesting is that they have it set up for two weight classes only per night of fighting. Yeah. So tomorrow is, I believe, featherweight and heavyweight. Right. And then June 21st, which is their Chicago card, they have uh, lightweight and light heavyweight. I like that. Yeah, I find yeah. that really interesting that they're doing, you know, for example, the June... Uh, 21st card, there's seven lightweight fights and six light heavyweight fights. Tomorrow, yeah. there's six and six for featherweight and heavyweight. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're doing that because they have to have all... Well, we have six fights tomorrow. All the winners have to be ready at the same time to fight on another card. Yeah. So you have to have them fight at the same time. That, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So It's just a different look. It's, it's interesting to know what kind of night you're prepared for. You know, based on, uh, based on the weight. Yep, the weight it's a good mix of you know little guy, big guy. Right, exactly. Um, I think it, I think it's gonna be a great time. Like I said, we won these free tickets. PFL <laughs> is doing weekly or monthly. I'm not sure what they're doing, but they're doing giveaway contest contests to each event, mm-hmm. um, both on Twitter and on Instagram. We got on Twitter. Yeah. Or you got on Twitter. 
Um, won us some tickets. We actually won four. Looks like it's only going to be the two of us. For this event, the other two tickets, PFL agreed to give off to the other and, two uh, contestants, right. which I thought was amazing. They didn't and, have to uh, do that. Yeah, so we'll 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 take a take a ride up there tomorrow and I think it's gonna be a good time and I'm probably gonna come away with a t shirt, man. Probably gonna come away with a t shirt. They got a nice logo. They got a nice logo. I'm gonna come away with a t shirt. I'm gonna come in in a nineteen piece suit, because that's just my swag. I don't know why. let's move on to something that we're both pissed off about. Quite honestly. Not a fan of it. Don't want it to continue. Not even taking ownership of it as the uh, hashtag MMA community. Let's talk about Bare Knuckle Boxing League. All right, man. Boxing League, by the way. Let me just... Boxing League. Boxing, yeah. So, I I sent out a tweet saying that I was not a fan of it. And that went a little bit against the grain of what I was seeing from everybody else. Everybody seems to be a big fan of it. I think they're a fan of it because they love blood. You know, it's it's yeah. that whole uh, going back to the gladiator days. Everybody likes to see blood. Um, th- all right, I've got I've got many reasons why I'm not a fan of it. Um, one, it brings me back to the YouTube days of Kimbo Slice backyard fights. Yes. Okay. It's something that we've. This isn't new. This is something that we've already seen. They're just putting these these uh, women and gentlemen in a ring, okay? Uh, Dada Five Thousands Dog Pound documentary. If you've seen that, mm-hmm. that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we've already seen it. If 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 you can go on YouTube and watch a fist fight, you can go on World Star Hip Hop. And watch a fist fight for free. Why are people going to continually pay a pay-per-view price? Because this is not this this is kind of going back to the early UFC days, where the early UFC days could not get on cable television. Right. Okay. This bare knuckle boxing you are not going to see on cable television. Never. Ever. Forget about it. It has to be on pay-per-view. Yeah. So why are people going to continually pay to watch something? On pay-per-view that they can get for free on YouTube, on Worldstar. Watch the Dog Pound documentary. Watch some old Kimbo Slice. Yeah. It's there for you to watch. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. I that mean. that's that's a starting point. Okay. Uh the other thing, you're watching these over the hill fighters. Okay. Couple of uh old UFC guys, old uh Bellator guys. Very over the hill, 40 years old, okay? Beck Rawlings is not one of those. She's not over the hill and all that stuff. But I'm not paying a pay-per-view price to watch Beck Rawlings just because she took off some gloves while also taking away grappling and kicks and knees and elbows and everything else. Yeah. Okay? Uh, you look at this. this took place in Wyoming? Honestly, I don't know. I think I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea. I'm just infuriated by it. I think it was Wyoming because (laughs) I I think you're right. Nowhere else would sanction this. Okay. No athletic commission. (laughs) Of course not. Like I said, this is taking us back to the early UFC days when they could only fight in specific states. Okay. 
Wyoming is not going to attract the best group of attendees, you know? Of course not. Okay, it's not going to attract a big crowd. Um, the longevity of this is just... There is none. There, There's no longevity. You're not going to attract premier fighters. They're not going to want to fight uh, bare knuckle, to be honest. They're not going to want to do it. You look back at... um. You look back at the old UFC days, the early UFC days. If anybody remembers, uh, specifically the first five or so UFCs, um, there's a guy by the name of Steve Jenham. Broke his hand in a fight. There was bare knuckle back then. Broke his hand in a fight. Couldn't conti- couldn't continue on with the tournament. His fight only lasted a few minutes. It only takes one, two, three punches. To break your hand, okay? It can happen. Uh, yes, you can go the whole fight and not break your hand. But you're going to see a lot of people with broken hands and fights ended because they can't continue with broken hands. Those knuckles are going to open up gashes. You're going to have people with so these bad gashes that you're going to have so many doctor stoppages. You're not going to see all these finishes, okay? Uh, eye pokes. I think I saw two or three eye pokes. Yeah. The other night because because you're not wearing gloves um yeah you have eye pokes in the ufc but this is boxing okay you don't have eye pokes in boxing your hand is covered um it also brings me back to uh recently i saw on uh jre john mccarthy was speaking about the old days when they're going to court and trying to get uh the ufc you know they're they're wearing gloves and so on and so forth John McCarthy said he gave one of the gentlemen in the courtroom a glove and told him to put it on told that guy punch this table as hard as you can the guy punched it he said alright now take that glove off and punch the table as hard as you can the guy wouldn't do it that mindset is going to be in UFC fighters and boxing yeah, boxers Excuse me. That's going to be in their mind. That's that's in your mindset. It's just that knowing that your your knuckles are protected, it makes you it makes you want to punch harder. It 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 makes you fight without worries. So, like I said, I think people just like this because they saw a lot of blood. Okay, but at the end of the day, they did not see premier fighters. Okay. These are, these are good fighters back in the day, but they're old now, okay? That's the type of talent that you're going to get, okay? It can't survive off of over-the-hill, mediocre talent in Wyoming. <laughs> in Wyoming. I'm just sorry. I'm just picturing Dana, like, at a press conference <sighs> talking about a fight night card in Wyoming, like... I can't oh imagine. Goodness. Like, I can't imagine just, that being a premier spot for once, any once high people level get organization. Past, once people get past the fact that they're seeing a lot of blood, and they start saying, "Damn, this fight was stopped stopped by Doctor Stoppage too," because of a bad cut. That's the future. I mean, damn, that's they're get, they're, they're the pausing because of it. an eye poke again. You know, damn, I gotta watch Beck Rawlings again. That's the that's the thing. What's the turnover? Who else? What, what names are going to be thrown to the hat? Like you said, Nobody. this is not going to attract high-level strikers. I mean, this is only boxing, right? So it's only who's boxing, coming yeah. to it? 
are are real boxers coming to it? Are we gonna have real high level boxers? Nope, they got old school MMA guys boxing. Exactly. Maybe because they're a little more savage to do this savagery. Even though I'm so opposed to this, I'm equally curious in regards to how much are these people getting paid? Uh, how much of this organization thinks nothing. it's going to make money? Like, did Beck Rawlings make $600 that night? Did she make $5,000 that night? I'm interested just on the standpoint of what the organization is offering and how they feel that what's the business model you know that's what i'm getting what's the business model here i don't i don't i don't know i mean this is a cash grab there's that argument that if you if you went to bare knuckle in mma it's better for grappling it's better for chokes yeah there's always upside to everything though that kind of stuff but gloves is a big part of what got the ufc on cable television yeah so we need to we need to move forward with the sport i'm not I'm not watching. I'm not paying. I'm not paying to watch Beck Rawlings punch. Ever. I'm not doing it. Ever. I'm not doing it. It's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating to see. And, uh, you know, my stance on it is very simple. I don't support it because even though this is a boxing league, it is still seen as combat sports. So even though we are members of the MMA community and not necessarily the boxing community, Mm -hmm. the casual fan, people that are right on the fence about combat sports, lump this in right with MMA. And the problem is there's a high volume of people out there that are still looking to be convinced that this is something that isn't so barbaric and it's okay to watch the same way that the NFL and the NBA and et cetera are okay to watch on regular cable television it's okay to let their children watch etc and uh i feel like there's a lot to learn still from every organization though this organization isn't teaching us shit it's not teaching us anything yeah i just like i said i'm i'm all for coming up with these new ideas yeah i'm all for it barnacle box is not new (laughs) it's not this well this this, this this was new 25 years ago Or this isn't a fresh take on this something. This was new 2,500 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was going to say, bright knuckle boxing but, is the oldest sport ever. You know, I, I like the creativity, but I just I, I just don't see it here, you know? I just... At all. I, 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 just, don't, I, I just don't see the appeal. I know there's going to be people that are disagreeing with me here, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's how I feel. I just, I just don't see the appeal. But uh, I I can't waste any more energy on this. No, of course not. We had we had to, we had to get that off off our uh, off our chest just because it was it was big on Twitter that night. Yeah, it was yeah, big. People, people loved it. Yeah, I don't know how. Not me. <laughs> not me. Well, let's transition over to something that we are equally as passionate about and looking forward to speak about. Though it is something that could revolutionize the sport in a positive way. Something that we have different opinions on uh we're doing what's your stance official segment we're what's gonna do your a, stance what's your stance is a major hashtag we're looking to promote similar to mma community you know hashtag what's your stance is basically our way to get the mma community involved we want to know what everybody thinks about these topics you know i might have an opinion and somebody else might have an opposing opinion and when we get to talking about it we figure out what the real issues are within the sport and uh i want to talk about a major issue that's very very uh prevalent right now uh it's a headliner with dana white 
people are pushing for him to make a decision in regards to weight cuts versus rehydration. What are your thoughts on this, JC? All right, so Dana has come out and not officially, but I guess the UFC is looking into getting rid of the early weigh-ins. They're currently at 10 a.m. You have to weigh in between 10 and 12 in the morning. It used to be four in the afternoon. I believe so, yeah. I can't remember if it was four to six or... Something around that. Sound, whatever it was. I know I know it began at four. Um, it went to the early weigh-ins to give guys more time to rehydrate before the fight because that's healthier. Now they're having issues with a lot of fighters missing weight. Um, a lot of fighters aren't cutting the necessary weight overnight. They're waking up early in the morning trying to get these extra pounds off. Mm-hmm. And they're missing weight. And now Dana's looking to going back to the older, unhealthier way of weigh-ins. But I don't think that they're really looking at what the best way to fix all of this is. Right. Um, My personal belief is that one FC has developed the best way uh, the best way to weight cut, which essentially is don't weight cut. Okay. What one FC does is they have hydration tests. Okay. Uh, you have to test, they test your urine. You have to test at a specific hydration level in order to fight. What this does is it makes all the fighters fight. Basically they're fighting one up in division from where they would be at the UFC level. If you are a 170 pound fighter in the UFC and you go to one FC, you're probably fighting at 185, which is closer to your regular weight. Because if you're not hydrated, if you're not hydrated for the fight, they cancel the fight. Yeah. So, uh, guys aren't cutting these massive amounts of, uh, water weight they're you know they cut fat they cut their overall weight what what however they weight cut but they're not cutting the water weight that they would and ufc bellator and these places that have these old styles of weight cutting so i believe that the hydration test is the best way to go i mean what do you think i agree and i just i just wanted to you know get a refresher really quick i was just going over i actually had saved some of the uh, rule sets for I believe it's called just one championship now. I saw somebody on a podcast that was promoting it, and they said it's just called one championship. Whoever they are. Whatever it's called. (laughs) One. One. One has uh, a few rules here. Uh, Athletes must submit their current walking weight and daily training weight regularly. Athletes will input and track their daily weight online via a dedicated web portal. And then they say in rule two, athletes will be assigned to their weight class based on collated data and random weight checks. I love that. Take out this ego. The problem is that these fighters, they have this ego and, you know, they know that when they walk in there, knowing they're 22 pounds heavier than the guy they're looking across from, they're like, I'm going to smash this fucking dude. I know for a fact that fighters, not to bring up old shit, but not... Fighters like Darren Till walks in there like, I'm a light heavyweight. 
I'm going to destroy this guy. It's it's an ego thing. It's a it's a trick they're trying to play on their own mind to it's, tell themselves, I have a significant advantage. It's going to boost your confidence. Exactly. It makes it makes sense. It makes perfect confidence sense. Confidence is, is huge in uh, any kind of athletics. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, you know, you have these fighters, and no offense to them, they're not really – they have a, some bro science going on. You know, let's be real. They're not all being regulated – not all of their managers are experts in weight cutting and in the effects on the body. And they, they can't be because there's too much else to worry about. You can't be the guy that's holding mitts and doing cardio and doing strength and conditioning and you know everything to do with the endocrine system. You know what I mean? Like that guy doesn't exist. Maybe yeah. he does, but it's not consistent. Yeah, I, I think I think the hydration test is the way to go. Um, like you mentioned, they track your walk around weight. Mm-hmm. I heard Ben Askren speak about it. Um, ben Askren would be a welterweight in any other organization, but in one, he was the 185-pound champion mm-hmm. because he has to compete closer to his body weight. Um, and it's it's just safer. It's healthier. You know, you don't have these guys like Darren Till losing their vision during a weight cut. Yeah, or, that was a scary video. Uh, Uriah Hall, what happened to him recently? Oh, man. Um, Stuff you know, like that is what should have changed. Another, the game. I can't remember if it was an MMA fight, some kind of combat sport. It might have been MMA, but there's an Asian fighter that he couldn't even stand upright on the scale. I remember that video. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. I remember that video. And you know, the reason why it's, 1FC changed is because that one fighter died. That one prospect. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I mean, he died cutting weight. And that's but, when they officially changed it. You know, they yeah. started on that path at least. So that's my stance on the situation. Um, what's what? What do you think would improve uh, the sport as far as weight cutting goes? Honestly, I like one's outlook on things. I like taking. I like the organization taking responsibility and showing initiative in a really serious subject. You know, doing things like hydration tests. Though, I feel like what could help in addition to that, and what I feel like right now, at least for organizations like the UFC and Bellator, what's more important is adding more weight classes. And more recently, I tweeted about this, I don't know if adding a weight class every 10 pounds immediately is going to improve the organization. What I do know, though, is that the goal eventually should be to have a weight class every 10 pounds. And here's my theory on it. I'm around 190 right now. If I start training and I'm doing cardio a lot, I'll probably be toned down to you know 185 or so. If I want to fight in mixed martial arts, I can't fight at 185. I'm not big enough, period. I have zero chance. 170, it's pretty scary. I feel like I could maybe do okay. 155, I could dominate. If I trained hard, I could dominate 155. I am confident that if I put in the work, 185 would be my division. People that have trained way harder than I ever have for anything have that same fucking mentality, but that's too big of a gap. That People keep saying, oh, it's only five pounds. It's a big difference. It's only five pounds until you have to cut five extra pounds. And we see that all the time. We saw it with Darren Till. We see it with everybody. People, oh, it's only mm-hmm. five pounds, 25 pounds. 
until you have to cut that extra five. It's fucking tough. So for me personally, I feel like right now, welterweight should be 175. And that's going to tell us exactly who should be at 65. And something like a hydration test, something that they should be doing right now in the Performance Institute, since it's so cutting edge, something like a 65-pound weight class and having these rehydration tests in uh, connection with 75, I feel like that would really change. You know, the, the major demographic here is guys between 45 and... 195 you know that's like just walk around weight for a majority of men i would imagine i have to look at statistics you know what i feel like i feel like kanye west (laughs) when he was at that award show and he's like i'm gonna let you finish but hydration tests were the best example of what they should do of all time you know jumping from 185 to 205 Mm. is crazy that i have to pick one or the other Exactly. It's so big. The reason I don't think that it's going to work is because fighters always look for an advantage. And one of the easiest advantages that they can manipulate is weight and size. True. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Tyron Woodley. Okay. Fights at 170. Mm Mm-hmm. Believe he walks around at 205 from what I've heard in the past. Okay. He's cutting 35 pounds to get down to 170. I've never heard an issue with Tyron Woodley making weight or being unhealthy doing it or anything like that. But I'm just using this as, as an example. Tyron Woodley knows that he can cut 35 pounds safely and make weight. Okay. Now let's say they create a 175 pound division you say man now tyron woodley only has to cut 30 pounds instead of 35 right that's a better option the reason it's not going to work is because now tyron woodley who knows that he can cut 35 pounds safely is now going to walk around at 210 and still cut 35 pounds which you're adding you're adding more weight classes which gives him more options but he still has that size advantage, he knows he can cut 35 pounds. He's going to go and add five pounds of muscle because he knows that he can still cut that safely. That's where I don't think it's it's going to help as far as weight cutting and the scariness issue that goes along with weight cutting and right. the danger that goes into it because guys are always going to look for that advantage, one of them being size, others being performance enhancers and all that kind of stuff but right the easiest one they can manipulate is size they know how much weight they can cut to get to their weight limit and if they're able to add another five pounds they're gonna do it so that's that's true that's, that's a think. good point that's a really good point I, I feel like that's kind of the tone and the mindset of all fighters is looking for an advantage you know you have the usada era the clear advantage is there and then you have weight cutting clear advantage is there <clears throat> Uh, now we have these fighters that are being called out for. I don't know if some of them are doing it, all of them are doing it. This whole idea of intentional missed weights and them being undefeated this year. Yeah, you know, intentional missed weights is cheating. Seven and zero. Seven and zero. 
and big fights too. And These aren't like, prelim fights. Like that this I said, is it's that it's that advantage. They're always looking for that advantage. Everybody, whether intentional or unintentional. It's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, yeah, when 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 we uh, post this recording, we'll post a, a poll with it. Yes. Um, a what's your stance poll? Uh, what do you think is the better option? Uh, the better solution for MMA weight cutting, whether that's hydration tests or more weight classes, what will help the sport? Yeah. What will help it more? Uh, so make sure you make sure you vote on that. We'll leave it open till UFC 225 or so. Yeah, we'll probably do a few days on see, it. See, we're see trying to do of, more polls. Polls do well on Twitter, and yeah. I feel like we're definitely going to try the, to do more polls. Get the pulse. Pulse of the... <laughs> Exactly. Pulse of the, the pulse of the community. Exactly. Community. That's what we're trying to do. Shit. Yeah, man. What 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 we got next to talk about? What's what else is going on? I know we got the card coming up. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on. Well, we all know Michael Bisping retired. Yeah. And I go back and forth on Bisping as a lot of people do. I've had those. I fucking hate these. I hate this guy moment. I've had those moments where I'm like. Yeah. I can't stand this motherfucker. And then I've had those moments where I'm like, wow. The specific time recently, (laughs) I've never disliked Bisping. But the specific time recently was the whole thing with the Cuban flag. Ooh, yeah. That that? was not okay. That was the one time where I was like, all right. That was the eh, for sure cross the line moment. Other than that, I really liked what he did with... uh, you know his his words. I guess you know he had a good career, and I think a I saw a lot of I saw a lot of people praising him on Twitter and his career. He got saying, a lot of he, he got positive a, a lot of love that we never saw throughout his career ever. All of a sudden, Not now that he's that gone, extent. now that he's gone, people love him. Well, that kind of tells you a little bit. The thing about Bisbing is that he's one of those guys that you can never deny had his heart in it. Yeah, I mean, you can never deny that that man put all he had into. Preparing for fights mentally and physically, training to the point where he was just a, a cardio phenom, never ruled out any style of fighting, considered himself fairly well rounded, and went into every fight willing to put it all most, on the most, line. Uh, most wins in UFC history. Most wins in UFC history. Um, I mean, the guy had some amazing performances. You know, the comeback after getting knocked out by Anderson Silva and living, yeah. being being resurrected from that knockout. <laughs> between rounds. Yeah, between rounds. But you got to love the guy in that sense. I can't look back at the history of MMA and disclude him. I can't look back yeah. at the history of the UFC and say he wasn't one of the greats. I just, I just wish people would appreciate these guys when they're around. You know, but when he was around. He's so arrogant, though. Exactly. So fucking, he made it impossible <laughs> to love because he loved himself too much. He, he, he has like, it's it, like speaking of Kanye, it's the fucking Kanye effect. But you can't, but you can't appreciate him now that he's gone. <laughs> I and just rule out his arrogance out of the suits he wears. Yeah, the conversations well, I mean, he has with Karen Bryant and Kenny Florian. No, like, I. Yeah, I mean, you gotta appreciate him. I'm just saying. I appreciate him. People should. Uh, I was just gonna these say, guys love while they're around. Yeah, I was going to say to start off was just that, you know, throughout his career, he definitely had those moments where I, amongst with many other people, thought, man, I can't fucking stand this guy. And then he goes in there and he puts on these performances, win or lose, and you have to respect him. And you kind of 
culminate his whole career. I think that's the main thing that people do now. It's like we're not thinking about how he was an asshole to Rockhold after he knocked him out and how brash he was every day and night on the Fox table. You think about his whole career now that he's retired, and you're like, whoa, he performed. He entertained that's how, the masses. That's how you always think about guys in retirement. Yeah, you res- you, that you always, respect level is all-encompassing you, you only remember the good times. Well, not just that. It's not that. It's just that you really, you're forced to look at it from a full perspective and not just a, oh, well, what happened recently with not him? Not just a, he got in Rockhold's face after he knocked him out and said. Well, I look, I can't say shit about what, what that he, because. What did he say? I don't remember. Can you hear me or like. Some bullshit. That beef was, said, that beef is irrelevant now, but that's the, that's the main point I'm trying to make is that it's not so much of what happened recently because that's what makes the fighter. You know, people always look at whatever news article or, or you know, whatever uh, drama is going on, whatever is buzzing, right? It's more so now sit back, relax, and think, okay, this guy dedicated himself to the sport. I'm an enthusi- I am an enthusiast of the sport, and I respect him for that. And it uh, looks like he's going into, or at least he's interested in, some cage-side commentary, and I would I like to see it. I think he would probably be excellent. I think he would be amazing because yeah. he has – all of the fucking experience. If, if, and I'm assuming it would be for the UFC. Uh, you know, those those London cards slap oh, him with... Be amazing. Uh, slap him with Dan Hardy and... Oh, that's the dream team. Whoever. That's the UK dream team. Whoever rolls with Dan Hardy right now, I don't know who that is, but just make him a, make <laughs> him a threesome and call yeah. it a day. Make. By the way, I don't know that guy's name. They'll make that guy like the Anik. I, I want it to be Bisbing... And Hardy as like the 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 color and the play by play for sure has to be right, has to be. It would. It That's would the be dream a, team. I think Bisping, and Bisping has the voice for it. I mean, he does. He's already had the in studio stuff, and uh, I I think he would flow as a natural with it. To be I think honest. he'd be great at color. I think he'd be yeah. great at color commentary. Yeah. So. That'd be good for him, man. Shout out to Mike Bisping. Hell yeah, man. Shout out to Mike. Uh, what, what? Moving on, what What did you think about this whole uh, Yair Rodriguez being back in the UFC deal after being cut and all the drama that went on? Apparently, it was, apparently he, he negotiated this thing by himself without his manager. And apparently, he never spoke to Dana. He only spoke to Sean Shelby. Dana yeah. White just recently is making an effort to speak to him personally. They yeah. never spoke. This was all through Shelby. Not to put blame on Shelby, but this is something that a lot of people think, you know, Yaya Rodriguez doesn't want to fight Zabit, and then Dana White comes in and is like, well, you, you don't want to fight this guy, you're out. That's not how it happened. Apparently, that's not how it happened. Apparently, this is a bigger issue, and we don't really know all the details yet. Though what's important is that he's back, and I do think that something needs to be said, and Dana said it recently, uh, I forget what platform he said it on, though he talked about how this will happen again. He's putting it's a notice happen. out to other fighters. Yeah. If you deny fights, you're out. I, I think it's kind of... I haven't liked this whole situation from Yair's perspective. And I know a lot of people got on Dana for getting into this pissing contest. It does seem like an ego thing. At the end of the day, you're offered a fight. You're offered a top 10 fight coming off of a loss to another top 10 guy. 
He's never, from my understanding, from my recollection, I don't think he's ever beaten a top 15 guy. Because he beat BJ Penn yeah. before the Frankie Edgar fight. Before that, it was Caceres. Yeah, right? it was Caceres. Mm-hmm. And before that, I don't remember who he's fought. No no one, no no ranked opponent, no, no opponent that would really come to mind. Um... And here he is. He got Frankie Edgar. Yeah, he was outmatched, but he easily accepted that fight. Yeah. Here he gets Zabit. You can argue that Zabit is a top three kind of featherweight. And due to the rankings, he's number eight or whatever he is. But, um, like, hey, Yair, like, if you don't have the confidence to beat the best guys in this division anymore, what are you offering to us? True. Who did who did you want to fight other than Zabit? You know what I mean, right? Who 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 was your option? And uh, Yair really came out of this thing. He didn't gain anything. Dana went on an, uh, a podcast. He said that they were trying to do uh, UFC 227 Zabit against Yair. Yair tweeted fake news, <laughs> turned down the fight, and he's gone. Now, all of a sudden, he's back. He's got the same contract. He's not getting paid a dollar more. He's fighting the same guy that he tweeted fake news about. Yeah. What did he gain from all of this? He didn't gain anything. He just he lost his job and said, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> I'm mad you kind of did that in a Mexican accent. <laughs> uh, the other fight he had, he head kicked Feely. Okay. Yeah. That was the one That's, that kind of kicked off his career. That, that may highlight. be his best win to date. Definitely his best win. I mean, the BJ Penn fight should have never been scheduled. It was a waste of time. Uh, terrible. Caceres was fun. But yeah. Caceres' record is like 10 and 10. I was going to say, but Caceres is like a interesting fighter to watch. Oh, never a contender. He's fun. He's fun. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's another backyard brawler yeah. guy. That's how he got his start. He's fun. That's, that's yeah. all he is. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, that's true. Yeah, man, I I think he uh, I think he he wasted his time here. He's he's gonna fight the same guy, and if if he loses, who cares? Yeah, it's Zabit. I mean, losing to Frankie Edgar and Zabit isn't gonna throw your career into the dumpster. It's Don't not. be so afraid to take on these these top guys. When you're when you're at this level, you have to have the confidence that you can beat these top guys. If you're going for a fight to get your confidence back in check, mm-hmm. you probably need to find your confidence somewhere else. Yeah, find your confidence in your training, in your coaching staff, somewhere else. Is Bellator? No. No. <laughs> Yair is way too talented. If, to if, if confidence is really the, the thing that was the issue here, I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. I think you're looking at it from a different angle. What was the issue? I think the issue was ego between his manager and Sean Shelby. And I honestly think. Over what, money? No. I think it was. I think people get way too caught up in rankings. I think it didn't have anything to do with it to be. I think. Yair felt disrespected. Yair and his camp, and probably just the manager, felt disrespected by putting out a guy that's unranked because the public puts so much pressure on who's ranked and who isn't ranked. And this whole idea of all these guys chasing the belt, they always want to fight a ranked opponent. What does every guy that doesn't want to have a specific call out say? I want a ranked guy. 
I want a guy yeah. in the top 10. I want a guy in the top whatever. They all say that because that's their that is their path to gold. That is how they get their but belt. Then, I mean, the belt is get, where the money is. Then he get them. The belt I mean, means a new contract. Who who did Yair want to fight? Well, they, yeah, not specifically, but did he want a top five, a top ten, a top fifteen, an unranked? Well, that's the problem. That is we didn't. We never heard any of that. We, all we knew from what we saw on Twitter, what we saw unfold, was here's an opponent. It's a beat. Fake you're, news. You're getting here's Ricardo Lamas. Fake news. Not signing it. You're cut. <laughs> Outrage. We don't have any of those fine, finer details. Until one of them sits down and gets interviewed, we don't have those finer details. I, I tend to look at things from a business perspective now, and I just I just see this guy who hasn't fought in a year for reasons we don't really know, but... Something to do with his family business or something that should be considered irrelevant in regards to this him is your planning job. his next step. Exactly. This is your job. Exactly. You haven't worked at your job in a year. Yeah. That's okay. a good point. From a business perspective, if you haven't worked for me in a year and I'm offering you work and you're saying no and you want to, whether you're saying flat out no or whether you're saying no, I want to renegotiate that, what you're offering, whatever it is, you're now difficult to work with. True. You haven't made me. You haven't made me money in a year, so why do I care if you don't make me money next year either? True. I'm not losing money compared to last year. Right. So that's kind of how I look at it, but it's all irrelevant now because they're gonna fight at UFC 228, which was rumored to be in Vegas. I believe it is Vegas. But it was it was rumored to be in Vegas, but I saw a tweet from Ariel Helwani. That said, the date that that pay per view falls on, there's a there's a concert booked at the T Mobile Arena, so it can't be in Vegas. Ariel Hawani said they're looking at either Houston or Dallas. Interesting. I'll tell you right now, Yair's last fight against Frankie Edgar was in Dallas, so yeah. he better hope it's Houston because he don't want to go back to Dallas. Yeah, that might bring up old memories. He's got he's got a bad he's got bad luck in Dallas. So yeah, or he just. Faced Frankie Edgar, and doesn't well. I mean, that is it. Couldn't be a worse matchup. Well, Frankie Edgar. There might be there might be a worse matchup coming up. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is a good matchup. I think I'm pissed that this didn't just. That's why I wanted to make it from the start. Yeah, exactly. I'm pissed this wasn't signed right away, and we could just be vibing off of that hype and not have to think about how there was all this turmoil and back and forth. Because it kind of takes away from it. Now it's just like, well, yeah, this is what we wanted anyway. Though, uh, I I really like watching Yair fight. And I'm just really glad he didn't leave. Because I think he's very talented. He, you know, is bilingual. They're trying to get into the Mexican market. He, who else is going to go into the Mexican market? Who else is, is going to be a young star? There's not many young I know, bilingual I know fighters out there. You don't know anybody. I know who do you know? Who do you? Oh, shit. <laughs> I legitimately was like, who the fuck is he? Oh, fuck. <laughs> How did I he's, forget? He's on a, the greatest. He's on a little bit of a losing streak, but motherfucking Brandon <laughs> Moreno. Fuck about that losing streak. Is gonna he's going to capitalize one of my favorite humans on the Mexican of all time. market. Damn. He's going to capitalize on the American market. <laughs> uh, 
everything. Love, that man puts joy love, in my heart. <laughs> I love Brandon Moreno, man. Love me some Brandon Moreno. Any video he's in on YouTube, I immediately click. I don't go fuck if it's a back alley in oh, Guadalajara God. working for his fucking <laughs> and this is not this is not me stereotyping. Oh, he legitimately I, I wish <laughs> he legitimately has a pinata business. When he when that whole Connor incident <laughs> happened and he had Hashtag no more Connor fan. Why could that not get? Why was, was that, that not trending? Was that trending? <laughs> Hashtag. No I fucking more love that fan. guy, man. He man, just he's just a happy joy. fucking guy pure all the joy. time. God. Everything he does. It's, it's a sad thing that Pantoja is his kryptonite, man. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, in all honesty, he's got super talent. He really does. He really no, does. He really He's does. only like, what, 23, 24? You, wa- you watch his fight is. with, uh, God, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, fuck. Let me go on here and double check here. The kid is just crazy talented, and he's still so young, you know? Yeah, man. Super Brandon young. fucking Moreno. <laughs> Guys. Family owns a pinata business. That's pinata shit. Pinata making business. <laughs> My man. My man. Forget Yair. Oh my gosh. The future is here. Oh my gosh. You might have a you have a boy. You might have a legitimate point. I know a guy. Oh man. Yeah, he's uh he's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about Yair. I mean, I think he's very marketable. I think they're going to put a lot of... Uh, they're going to back him more once he starts winning again, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, he is a star. A potential star, I should say. I mean, they're still looking to market him. You look at... Uh, they originally wanted this fight in LA. It's got a large Mexican community. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at Dallas and Houston. Yeah. Texas has a huge Mexican community. Yeah. The- so they're still looking to market him. Yeah, the fighter I was trying to recall earlier was Luis Smoka. Smoka, His fight against Smoka when he submitted him in the first round. That was a brilliant performance. He got performance of the night, actually, on that. Yeah, man. Love me some Brandon Moreno. All right, you want to get into the... Let's get right into the UFC 225, Yeah, man. man. Card of the year so far, at least on paper. There's been some... There's been some underrated uh, cards going into fight weeks. Yeah. Uh, Just based on paper, but... When you talk about paper, this this is a stacked card. Where do we... I mean, do we just start... We have to start with the look, early prelims because the, look the who's fight on pass, the early not prelims. The, not the regular prelims, the fight pass prelims. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Could headline like, a fight night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Benavidez, uh, Sergio Pettis yep. is on there, right? Yep. Man. Guido Oliveira. We haven't Rashad seen... Rashad Evans. I mean... We haven't seen Benavidez Anthony since Smith. he fought Cejudo. At the yeah, tough, he's been out for the a tough while. Finale towards ACL, I think. Yeah, um, he was rehabbing for a while. Now he's yeah, he's been out over a recording year. Recording a new Eminem video, apparently. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw the hairstyle, man. And he looks. Does he? Is it just me, or does he look remarkably unhealthy? <sighs> he's got very strong cheekbones. Is that what it is? That's I don't remember him looking like that. <clears throat> I don't remember him looking so gaunt and so drawn out he looks like a bad weight cut yeah but where i've seen him i wouldn't assume that he started an extreme weight cut. i mean i guess we'll have to see how he looks on on friday right 
He looks I mean, like the he looks he like a, when they get up and you're like, wow, that was a bad way. He is cut. a little guy. He's five four. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to get down to one twenty five for him. Never has been. Right. He's only ever lost to Demetrius. Yeah. Twice. I mean, he beats everybody else. The Cejudo decision was, you know, some people thought Cejudo won. Right. But, I mean, he beats everybody. And it's kind of crazy that he's on fight pass against Sergio Pettis. Sergio Pettis just headlined a fight night against Brandon Moreno. Mm -hmm. So he won a headliner on a fight night. And now he's on fight pass. Yeah, Sergio Pettis. Yeah, and he's, he's lost. Pettis he lost, lost the fight. To he lost the fight to Cejudo. But before that, he beat Moreno on the headliner, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now he's on fight pass. Um, as long as Benavidez comes back healthy, I think that he's a. I think he wins that pretty easily. Yeah. He's a, he's he's just a better fighter. Um, can't really break that fight down, but. Uh, He's, I mean, he's just a flat-out better fighter. He's got more experience, and as long as he's healthy, that's the way I see it going. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's the number one contender for a reason, 25-4. Uh, and four. Sergio Pettis has some tricks, though Benavides has been around for a while. Uh, I don't want to go into – I'm not actually going to do any specific picks. I'm not going to pick the rounds or anything like that. I just see Benavides being uh, overwhelming. Yeah. In the fight. He's just more well-rounded. He's going to overwhelm him with his striking. One of my favorite fights on this whole card is uh, Clay Guida. Yeah. Oliveira. Oliveira. That, That is one hell of a fight. I can't. I hope it gets gritty because that's the only way I see Guida being successful, to be honest. I can't remember who this was originally. Oliveira is a replacement. I can't remember who the original fighter was. Anyway, I mean, this this fight might be better than what the original was. Probably. Um, I always tune in to Oliveira. Yeah, man, his his submission game is something oh, serious. Terrifying. Clay Guida's so all grit, You know. Yeah. Um, looks like a Geico caveman. <laughs> and just all grit, and he just fights like one man. It's. It might be. It might be a, a fight of the night candidate. It has that potential with. With these old gritty, older gritty yet very battle tested guys like Clay Guida, you know it's the Joe Lozon effect, Jim Miller effect. Yeah. You're always in. You're always in yep. for some on the edge of your seat kind of combat. It's not even yeah, fighting. It's fucking full on combat with these it's, guys. They go those guys balls to the wall. Win, lose, or draw. You're watching. Yes, and clapping yeah. um, all every time. Sugar like, Rashad. Sugar Rashad's on the fight pass prelims. That's the third fight. Yeah, there's, well, there's Santiago. There's Mike Santiago and Dan. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Ig or Ig. It's I-G-E uh, for those of you. Who ah, I never heard of him. Never heard of him either. His picture is black and white. <laughs> Who's Who'd you say? Santiago? Mike Santiago. That doesn't ring a bell. I don't know who either of these gentlemen are skipping them completely. <laughs> that doesn't ring a bell. Anthony Smith had a really interesting fight not too long he's a, ago. He's a fun guy to watch, man. Oh, yeah. He got knocked out by Thiago Santos. Hmm. Beat Hector Lombard and Andrew Sanchez. Knocked them both out in the third round. 
Sugar Rashad is so far past what he used to be. I know. He's been searching for different weight classes to be in. I don't want to see this. I don't. I don't think it's going to end pretty for Rashad. And this is four in a row. I mean, this if he this, this is, he movie. has four losses in a row. Who's his last win? His last win was Chael Sonnen in 2013. His last win is Chael Sonnen. <laughs> God, please tell me you're lying. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, man. His last win. Rashad Evans' last win is not Chael fucking Sonnen. His last win. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Guess who else? Guess who he beat right before he beat Chael Sonnen? Uh, Hoist Gracie. <laughs> Dan Anderson. God, man. Dan Old Man Anderson. Rashad is from... Rashad, you know how you always talk about how there's these... There's these Bellator cards where it'll be a headline. It'll be the main event. And you're like, what the fuck is Bellator doing? Yeah. Rashad Evans is one of those fighters that belongs to that era. And we don't, we're not making fun of Rashad here. I fucking love no, Rashad. I loves Rashad. That's what's so sad. The fucking road. He, <sighs> he himself is one of the few that paved the road to be where I'm at today. Point blank. He paved the road what year for was us to be where we're at. What was that? What year was the Sun and Fight? I can't oh, get over 20... that. What 20... was it? 2013. Five years ago. Five years ago. He won five years ago. Now, granted, he took... Oh, well, he, he, had the... that, he had that loss against Sam Alvey in August of 2017. Split decision. He could have won that. He had another split decision before that against... These are... Look, look at... Okay, so... You see, right around... Don't try to validate this. I'm going to for a second. Right around the Bader fight, he started to look for fighters that he can beat. Because he <laughs> went with Glover Teixeira, Daniel Kelly, and Sam Alvey. And he had the split decision. He lost a decision to Bader. Got KO'd in the first round against Teixeira. So that's probably why he looked at different weight classes. And then the two split decisions... With Kelly and Alvi, though, I still stand that he should not be fighting anymore. I know these guys are attached to who they are, and they want to reclaim that glory, though. Look what happened to Vitor, man. I talked about this in my Vitor tribute. I don't want to see these guys laying flat on the canvas and then them saying, all right, I'm turning it in. I'm okay with you in the middle of Tuesday evening. Be like, hey, uh, I just want to jump on fucking the Fox panel. And talk about why I'm retiring. Just retire. You don't need to test yourself one more time. It's not worth it. Look what happened to Bisming against Gastelum. That's my last memory of him fighting. He, all right. he is the BJ Penn of the upper weight classes, man. Yeah. The BJ Penn of the upper weight. <sighs> it It's crazy how it Listen, always man. ends this way. Nobody I'm getting, learns. I'm getting sad. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, we really need to move on. I'm getting sad. All right. I, I, I love Rashad Evans, man. Shout out yeah. to Rashad. I hope he gets a W and can retire with a W. He's, ah. I hope he retires, period. Well, yeah. Regardless. Regardless. Let's move on to the prelims, the FS1 prelims. Uh, let's start with Lamas and Bektik. Ricardo Lamas, number seven, versus Amir Saad Bektik. Remember Bektik from the uh, Darren Elkins fight? Yep, was classic. destroying Darren Elkins. UFC 209. I'll never forget it. Oh, yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah, the most <laughs> unforgettable was, card I've probably ever watched night. other than that fight. 
What you mean? So I mean that that Woodley Thompson card wasn't like oh, the greatest nightmare, man. Yeah, that was a funny night. It wasn't fun. It was funny. Well, the Elkins fight was fun because uh, yeah, it blew our great. minds. So we remember him from that. I honestly don't know much else about his history. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a it, lot. He of showed talent. it in that Elkins fight um, until that head kick. Uh, Ricardo the Bully Lamas. Uh, man, I, gatekeeper. In my opinion, he's a gatekeeper at that division. Well, man, he's one of those fighters that if you can get through him, it does show something. He, I don't think he's wavered yet. I don't look at Ricardo Lamas and think, ah, that guy's way past his prime. He's not going to no. test anybody. He's 36, but... I think I think gatekeeper's strong, but he's one of those guys that he's ranked around... What is he? Seven. Five, se- he's seven now. I think he yeah. was like four before he got knocked out, right? Yeah. So he's one of those guys that's always going to be in that five range. He's never going to well, move into I mean. the top three. He's never going to go below seven. He's always in that middle range, you yeah. know. He's he's not good enough to be the best. He's not bad enough to be the worst. I don't want to say the worst, but you know, towards the towards the bottom of the, the top fifteen rankings. He's just he's really good. He's not elite. Yeah. Um, but he's better than Bechtick, I think, uh, to win this fight. So, um, I think I'm rolling with. I don't know, man. That's a tough fight. That's a there's, really tough fight. That'll a lot be a of fight fun of the fight, night, though. A fight of the night candidates. That's another one on there. For sure. For sure. I think I stand with the fact that I think Ricardo Lamas, you know, I always look at it from a standpoint of what, where, where are they going in their career? Is Ricardo Lamas ever going to go back and get the title? Probably not. Could Bektik go up and get the title if he smashes Lamas and goes on some sort of a tear? Yeah, he could. He's 27 years old. Well, that's that's the way I look at it. That's why I see Lamas as more of kind of like a gatekeeper. Yeah. Because you have a young guy looking to make a name. Ricardo Lamas is a name. Right. What uh? What else we got? I got a. Ooh. Okay. So one of our favorites, obviously, Claudia Gadelia. Beautiful. Ooh, stunning. Gorgeous. And extremely talented. You look Very. at her fights with Joanna, the former champion. Look at all her fights. Against Carla Esparza. Carlos Spars, I saw some breakdowns uh, at Numbers MMA or MMA by the Numbers has some breakdowns of the uh, just really in-depth breakdowns of fighters striking, takedown, defense, comparing them to other fighters. And I, I was looking at that recently and I was looking at the historic wrestling prowess of Carla Esparza and how a fighter like Claudia Gadelia deals with wrestlers. And she seemed to do very well, though you look at her fight with Andrade and man, Andrade just has this winning combination of absurd strength for a woman her size and a chin. And she has the tenacity, you know, of a legitimate pit bull. She never, ever, ever stops. There's never any breather. You can't find your your striking range. You're not throwing teeps. You're not throwing anything from the outside. She's you know, in your grill all night. I Claudia, think Claudia, was in that, Claudia was in that weird position for a while where she could be every female in that division except, except for, for the champion, which was Joanna. Yeah. And then ironic, you know, we, we kept thinking... 
Claudia is never going to get another title shot as long as Joanna's champion. Right. And almost simultaneously, Joanna loses, but so does Claudia. Yep. Claudia would have been fighting Rose right now had she not lost. Yeah. Tandraj. Um, super talented. Didn't she submit Carolina? Let me double check. I think she submitted her. Um, yeah, round one submission. Round one submission. I mean, she's a she's a monster, man. Um, I think she's. I don't. I don't think this fight's gonna be close. I think she's gonna destroy Esparza. I do too. I think she's gonna destroy her. And if she if she gets a finish here, she's back in contention along with Andraj and maybe Carolina. But I think I think it'd be between Gadelia and Andraj. Mm-hmm. Um, to fight Rose, unless Andrade gets it soon. But yeah, Claudia puts herself right back in that uh that talk because it can't be Joanna, and yeah. uh, Gadelia would give Rose a very different look. Absolutely, I love that fight. I love that fight, and like you said, a convincing win over Carla Esparza, still a legitimate contender, of course, uh, or rather competitor, though. Uh, I see her getting a title shot against Rose because she's a big name. She always puts on a hell of a performance. I mean, even in her loss to Andrade, it was a decision. It's not like she got submitted or knocked out. She lost a decision. And uh, she's going to bounce back. And, man, I I see her TKO against Carla Esparza. I I don't know what Carla Esparza's game plan would be, though I I don't see her winning – the grappling exchange, the striking exchange, not it's not really in the cards in in what I've seen from Carlo. Another another fight of the night candidate, Alistair Overeem, Curtis Blades headlining oh. the FS1 prelims. This is one of those what I like to call countdown to KO fights. Countdown to KO on whose part? I mean, I don't know. We've seen. Alistair Overeem have the most devastating knockouts, a la Mark Hunt, and have the most devastating highlights of himself getting knocked out, yeah. a la Francis Ngannou. Yeah. There's no way to wager on Alistair Overeem anymore. He's he's such a vet. He's been around for so long. His chin has gone. Though his striking, he can knock anybody out. Period. He can, he can knock anybody out. So... How can I judge? How can I? <sighs> yeah, man. I think uh, I think we're looking at something something special in Curtis Blades. Um, his wrestling may be on another level from anybody in that division other than Stipe. True. Uh, his striking has a ways to go, but he's he's got enough power to knock you out. Um. Overeem's Overeem's chin not looking the best these days. Not at all. Uh but Overeem's striking ability is still there. Far and away better than uh Overeem. So he has that it's a close fight. He has that deep K one kickboxing intangible that yeah, can get think, him in a position to get the knockout. I think it's Blade's time. I think this is his fight to uh Put his name up there. He's fighting in his hometown. He's going to be charged up. Yeah. He's got the headliner on the prelims, which there's some uh, 
underlying factors mm-hmm. with them being bumped to the prelims for somebody else. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's his time to shine. I think that he is going to win ugly. I think he's going to try to pressure Overeem, mm-hmm. not give him the space to strike. That'd be he's going to grapple plan, with him, clinch with him. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he gets him down or not, but uh, I-, I think he's going to win ugly. Yeah. People might not like the style that it goes, to be honest, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Curtis Blades. Yeah. And then looking at Blades' record, I mean, as far as the UFC goes, his first loss is Francis Ngannou's doctor stoppage. Other than that, he's been very successful, and he seems to be finding his style. He's young. He's 27 years old. This is another case of one of these young guys coming up against one of these battle-tested vets. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to bet against these younger guys, though. I'm going to go with Alistair because I feel like his kickboxing is just so devastating. He lands one body kick, let alone head kick, and the fight's over. Yeah. I'm going to go it, with Alistair Green via uh, KO. It's, it's a tale of two styles. For sure. Wrestling and uh, yeah, Who can striking. implement their game? Um. Talking about elite striking, we'll move on to the next fight. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you see the stats, by the way? I forgot to tell you. Did you go on Twitter? Did you see the stats they put out? The official cool. statistics for it, they're, I'm looking at them right now. So, uh, oh, they updated some of them. So, there are these stats. There are these stats on CM Punk and Mike Jackson, and they had. Uh, reach zero, <laughs> leg reach zero, <laughs> and there are all these hilarious... tail of the tape. <laughs> yeah, t- tail of tape. Oh, here it is. Here it is. it's right here. Mike Jackson has zero reach and zero leg reach. CM Punk apparently has seventy three inch reach and forty one inch leg reach. So uh, although CM Punk doesn't seem like the solid striker, at least he has limbs, according to the <laughs> UFC website, which is official and live right now. Mike Jackson is without limbs for this fight, which is interesting. <laughs> On a serious oh, note, which is hard to say considering this fight's actually happening, this is real. You can't, you can't try to, you can't try to pick a winner here because you don't know anything about either of them. They're both amateur fighters. There's nothing to know. There's nothing there. There's, what, what, do, what did we learn in the Mickey Gall fight? Did we learn anything about CM Punk's for, lack of ability or Jackson's? I didn't watch Jackson's one fight. I don't oh, know who lucky he fought. You. Who? Lucky you. Oh, was it a good fight? <laughs> so he also lost to Mickey Gall. Round yes. one submission. What yes. The fuck? I completely forgot about that. So, so what the fuck did we learn? They both lost to the nothing. same guy the same way. Look, man. The only thing, only thing I'm gonna throw out there. I'm fucking crazy. The only thing I'm gonna throw out there. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Get out of the studio. Get the fuck out of the studio. <laughs> Don't hate the player. Hate Leave the, the studio. You can't be mad at CM Punk. I think I'm not mad at CM Punk. No, not you specifically. Just oh yeah, okay. I got people you. are you know upset that he's still fighting in the UFC. I think I remember from his last fight in the UFC. I think he got two million dollars. Yes, he did. I'd be shocked if he wasn't getting two million for this fight. Or at least a million dollars. He's getting over a million dollars for sure. He will is in be, his contract. It's also in his contract to be on the main card. He may be the highest paid uh, fighter on this card. Yeah. He might be. 
Yeah. So why wouldn't he, he fight? You know, as far on his part, why wouldn't he fight? Yeah. And um, you know, it's not his fault. He's he takes his training seriously. You know? Yeah. He got in the game well past when you can to be competitive, but Right. It's it's nothing against him. He he takes it seriously, he trains. Uh he was he, he was getting ahead of himself in his talking in the first fight. He hasn't really talked he hasn't his said way anything. up. Yeah, he hasn't really. Which I respect. I, he, he takes it serious, man. I can't, I can't knock that. So here, here's the problem, though. He takes it serious, though nobody else does, yeah. because this is a cash grab. So this isn't going anywhere. Looking at his name on the fucking website will never have a number next to it ever. What the fuck is the point? If you're, if you, there's a lot of people that hope he loses, just so we don't have to see a third fight. I hope he wins. I don't even give a shit. I, I, I hope I would he like wins to see him win. just because it's a fucking circus. <laughs> this fight should be called UFC. Let's see, and it should be on a completely different night. It shouldn't be on. It shouldn't be on an actual channel shouldn't be on fs1 it should be on like, fucking pbs like, <laughs> it should be called ufc let's I see feel like his music should hit and you should just hear it's a fucking circus oh man i'm serious dane white if you want to contract me to uh set some things up for you ufc let's see i'll fight on there we'll get we'll get whoever you want cm punk who gives a fuck Oh, throw, man. throw Wiz Khalifa. I saw him on TMZ. Oh. He wants to fight. Snoop Dogg's been boxing. I need, I need Wiz Khalifa Snoop. against Meek Mill. That's yeah, what I need him. Let's life. do it. Let's do it. I saw a video on Twitter that uh, Snoop Dogg's been boxing. You know, Snoop. This is his boxing's better than his commentary. Yeah. Oh my God. Please, UFC never do business with that man. They... I love Snoop in the rap game. He's a fucking legend. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. Fuck all of what they contender did. Contender series for the comes back next series. week. Is he coming back? I hope not, because that shit was a joke. It wasn't funny. I know they're trying to reach out to maybe Him some favor different crowds as as a, as a black man. I didn't want anything to do with Snoop Dogg commentating. Uh, I thought it was a disgrace. What's 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 the next fight, man? I'm still like I'm hopped. I'm hopped up about this CM Punk shit. I need to like cool off. Uh, an interesting fight, a fight that's probably gonna be uh, a KO for. Uh, how did you pronounce that ge- this gentleman's name? The uh, Arlovsky's opponent. I don't want to mess his name up. Ty Tuivasa. Tuivasa, correct. Thank you. Tuivasa is. Let me just go ahead and look at this. It's a first-round knockout. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean... He's going to knock out Arlovsky. Yeah. He's got serious talent. I'm over here trying to get deep on a fight that I know is going to end very quickly and very... No. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be a brutal first-round knockout. Yeah, it's a fat boy with power and agility. Yeah, versus a guy whose chin is gone. Yeah. Next. Man, another legend. 39-year-old legend. Versus a he's fucking, he's he's looked good. Versus since, a twenty-five year old. Uh, he's looked good since switching camps. I think he's training at top team. No, I forget if he left top team or he moved to top team. Whatever he did, he's looked he's looked. Sometimes he's fighting out of Chicago, but yeah, he he always 
He gets announced out of Chicago, but I forget where he's training. I'm not sure. He's looked well in his last couple fights. He has. He has. But uh, I don't see this going well. Be a knockout. Sorry. I don't see this going well for him. I just don't. What uh? It's gonna be a good fight though. I know. I know what the next fight is. Holly Holm, Megan Anderson. Apparently, he's out of Jackson Wink, Orlowski. No, he left Jackson Wink. Went he's to officially top team. that's what it is. American top team. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He he's looked he's looked really good since he left Jackson's. Oh, okay. Which I think has been two fights now. Hmm. Sure, dog. Update your shit. Yeah. Get on that Wikipedia, bro. <laughs> Look, man. I like sure, dog. Uh, yeah. Let's get on to Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson. This is a striker's dream fight. Holly Holm is a very 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 decorated boxer, kickboxer. We've seen what she can do. Holly Holm's whole situation is kind of interesting. Seems like she's on the fence between bantamweight and featherweight. I tweeted about this. The problem is that featherweight is desperate for any name because it's not a division. It's not. It's the cyborg division. It's the who wants to fight cyborg now division. Mm -hmm. And Holly Holm is a fighter that the bantamweight division needs Though she's right on the fence. What's what's lucrative? Is she gonna fight Cyborg again? She's gonna fight Megan Anderson and then gonna try to build one forty five? I really don't understand the point of her being in forty five if it's not a fleshed out division. I see her going back to Bantamweight though. This fight, uh this fight is interesting. What is your what are your thoughts on Holly? I'm sorry, I got completely completely distracted. Cause I went on ESPN and I saw Conor McGregor reveals he agreed to fight in Rio before something came up, in quotes. Okay. Uh, that fight almost certainly would have been against RDA for the interim welterweight championship. I told you that. I fucking told you. I told yeah. you that was the case. Well, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> I told you that was a possibility. So there's that. Back to Megan Anderson. Yeah, and, uh, we're not talking Holm. about Connor right now. That's that. This podcast will be seven hours long if we talk yeah. about Connor. Uh, man, I, I I hope if Holly wins, I hope this is a finish. Holly does not fare well in decisions. Um, but I, I'm kind of well, the fight's not in New York, so well, that's a plus. Yeah, <laughs> that GDR fight. She fought. Ooh. Holly fought Valentina. In Chicago. Tell you, man, I got a razor sharp memory. Look that up. That was at UFC Fight Night. What was that result? Valentina won by decision. There you go. In Chicago, yeah. So she's lost by decision in Chicago too already. So. Yeah. Um. I'm kind. I'm kind of hoping that Megan Anderson is the real deal here. And Me too. Proves herself because the division needs it desperately. Home winning doesn't really help us. She kind of wants to be at 135. Uh, she's already fought Cyborg. As competitive as she was in that fight, I don't think she was ever really close to winning it. No. Um, the three rounds. It was like it was pretty much three rounds to two, I think, but. The three rounds of Cyborg won, she won by a landslide. Yeah. And 
the two rounds that home won, she kind of skimmed by. Mm-hmm. So the fight as a whole wasn't that close. I mean, it was 118 to 44 for a striking. Exactly. And somehow home won two rounds, I think. Yeah. Maybe it was just Significant one. strikes. 118 Cyborg, 44 um, for Holly. I think. And Holly threw more strikes. Yeah. Um, it's just better for the division if Megan is really the the real deal. So, I agree. Uh, I mean, this is that's the thing is, it's gonna take some time if they're gonna build that featherweight. Yeah. And for the first time in a long time, I think that Dana is dedicated to it. I, I think with Cyborg there, he's dedicated to, it, or at least he's forced to be dedicated to it. So tough. bringing Megan Megan in new season of tough. Yeah, they're gonna do that. They're looking at doing uh, Cyborg and are they gonna do Cyborg and Holly or Cyborg and? She uh, said that she hasn't been approached yet. Holly hasn't been approached. Cyborg hasn't. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. If, well, who, I don't know if that's I mean, the option they would look at. Would but. they just do the winner of this fight for the? Because that's who's gonna be the bigger name. I mean, let's just go with the the sign of the times. Uh, yeah, I think Megan and uh, Megan and Cyborg would be the perfect coaches, Cause, but because that's the fight they were trying to make before. Yeah. Megan versus. But they also Cyborg. have heavyweights on this season coming up. Yeah. So they might go that route. We'll see. Uh, I don't know because, well, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Tough is a dying breed, and I'm trying to hold on to it, but uh, it's dying. It's yeah. dying hard. I think I think we need Megan to win this fight because it's better for the division, and Holm has solidified herself in the UFC with the win of Ronda Rousey. 100%. That's all People she needed. always remember her. You'll always remember that win against Ronda Rousey, no matter how many times she loses from here on out. Yeah. So. And the talent pool is just small. It's yeah. it's deep, but it's a small talent pool. Yep. So it's not like she gets lost in a full, you know, in a, in a larger uh, yeah. so, talent set. Uh, next up is uh, fucking RDA. I'm going to need your energy. I'm going to need your energy way up for this one because – this fight means a lot for the do, UFC, do see, for WME. This fight see, means a lot. Do you see any possible avenue of victory for Colby Covington? Do you see it? No. Striking, wrestling, jiu-jitsu. Definitely not jiu-jitsu. Do you see any avenue of victory? All I know is his strength is wrestling, and I don't think he's stronger or more well-versed in MMA wrestling than Dos Anjos. I don't think that his wrestling is going to get him to a position where he can land ground and pound or get to a position where he can... He's definitely not going to be able to submit RDA. No. He, he's what, got a, what is his game plan? I want to get inside his head. I RDA mean, is not a bullshit. poor enough wrestler that he can lay and pray on him, and that's the only way that he can beat him. Striking-wise, RDA... I wish this fight was five rounds. Covington was getting... What's that? I wish it was five rounds. It is, because it's a title fight. Oh, shit, you're right. It's got to be. Shit. Uh, Damian Maya was putting some hands on Colby Covington. Looking at what RDA to, did to Robbie Lawler... Yeah. With them hands. That shit. I was like, okay, Walter Waite champ. Walter Waite Kobe champ. Kobe is in trouble on the on the on the feet. Yeah, big time. Jiu-jitsu wise, RDA is a black belt. Easily just submitted Neil Magny not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Made it easy. Wrestling is the only advantage Kobe has, and it's not a big enough advantage here that he can 
not even just close. hold him down. You know, none of that uh, lay and pray. No, I, Khabib wrestled RDA to to shit, but this isn't Khabib. Far from Khabib. So not even close to Khabib. Man, I I just I just don't see how did this any avenue make it of victory to number here. four. <laughs> What's that? I said, how did this asshole make it to number four? <laughs> because he cheated his way up. He fought Damian Maya. Uh, Damian Maya was so ranked, number, ranked number three or four. Yeah. When he really isn't a top ten guy anymore. Yeah, not even close. So basically he beat a top fifteen guy and got bumped up to number four because of it. He cheated his way up, man. That's, that's what they that's what they're doing. Everybody's looking for a sneaky way to the top. Well, can't blame him. Can't blame him. I, I never blame the fighter, but the, the system is... It's fucked up. It's all kinds of fucked up. It really is. And yeah, I don't want to weigh too heavy on this fight just because Covington is such a polarizing character. Though, this is a big deal in the welterweight division. You know, uh, One thing I do want to touch on besides this fight, as far as the technical aspect of this fight, RDA picks him apart whether it lasts one round or five, point blank period. Picks him apart in any way he wants to. He's just far more advanced. He was really drawing himself out going down to lightweight. And the way he's been looking at welterweight is phenomenal. He's going to be the future champ, in my opinion. What's more important, though, is can we just touch really quick, if you can, give me your stance. What's your stance on interim title fights? Why does this have to be an interim title fight? Because they want to sell tickets, and you put a belt to a name that sells a ticket. I think it's I think it's pointless. I think they made a mistake. I, I, in my honest opinion, I think they probably regret making this an interim title fight because of what happened with the Darren Till fight. Yeah, and they have that popularity hype train that is Darren Till. But they can't offer him a title fight because they have the interim title fight scheduled. That's the problem is it locks the division up. It makes it to where the winner of this has to fight for a title. Yeah. If you take that interim title fight off, you could go with Darren Till if that's what you really wanted to. I mean, it's it's interesting how the interim title holder has to fight for the title. And the number one, you get the number one spot when you become the interim title holder. Though if you're the number one, if you're at the number one spot, you're not guaranteed a title shot. Nope. So it's just the same fucking position in the rankings. Though for some obscene reason, you get granted a title fight, an interim title fight rather, and you have this basically contract where you're going to fight for the title. Look at the problem that they're running into with Woodley. With trying to find him an opponent. Yeah. Because of the underwhelming, not underwhelming, I don't, oh God, what, do you, what would you say? The not visibly appealing fights that he has put on recently. Why are you sugarcoating it? The boring ass fights that he's, you know what I'm They have been, no, I know what you mean. Uh, that he's put on recently. They, they're struggling to find him an opponent, and they're going to put him against RDA. You can't headline a, a pay-per-view with RDA, who can't sell fucking an igloo to a fucking Eskimo. Yeah. And Tyron Woodley, who... One of the most 
decorated it, and extremely talented fighters in the OC RDA. And yeah. you're right. He can't. And, not that he can't. He he struggles. If, if they didn't put this interim thing on there, they could throw in Darren Till Woodley. But with this card, Cha Ching. With this card, do you need an interim title fight to really boost the card to the next level when you already have a title? Like, no. I mean, I like that it's five rounds. They can't yeah, just true, make it five too. rounds without the belt. I like that it's five rounds, but true. It didn't need. I completely the, forgot about that. It didn't need the interim title. That's uh, the thing. I don't. I I rarely, unless I'm constantly thinking about it, when I'm thinking about the bigger picture, I rarely tie in interim title fights because nowadays it's it's just it's a part of the UFC I've never liked. It's weird too. It's Woodley said he was trying to get on the the August card. Yeah, he's healthy right now. Exactly. So what? Why is this title fight happening right now when we could just wait waste, for RDA? Man. It's a waste. Fuck. Let's move on from that fight. I'm excited about that fight though. Yeah, I'm excited to watch RDA since he came to welterweight. He's uh, been a phenom. Main event, main event, man. This is a rematch. rematch. <sighs> Highly contested rematch. Whitaker Romero. It's a close fight. That first fight. Give me your give, give me your take. You want my take on the fight, or do you want right away who I think is going to take the? I want to know. You know I like Yoel Romero, man. I love Yoel Romero, man. I feel like Yoel Romero has learned so much from that loss. One thing that I found extremely remarkable in Yoel Romero's performance against Luke Rockhold is that I've never seen striking defense to that level before. I was blown away. And I reanalyzed it and overanalyzed it and... I've never seen him so crisp in striking defense to the point where Luke Rockhold had no answers for him. Luke Rockhold did not know how to make his way in and yeah. find a rhythm. It was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch because you watch. saw a guy like Yoel realize in his fight against Whitaker that even though he damaged Whitaker in the first round and subsequently going on to the second round with those... Uh, kicks to the the thigh those oblique kicks he seemed to really find his he really seemed to lose his rhythm as Whitaker was finding his rhythm and when Whitaker finds his rhythm his youth shows his devotion to his training shows and the reason why he's champion shows I mean look at what he did to Jacare look at what he did throughout his whole career on his way up to that title. And uh man, it's it's hard to go against a guy like it's hard to go against a guy like Whitaker, especially because he's the nicest fucking guy in the UFC. Yeah. You know, competing with Wonderboy, they're two of the nicest guys in the UFC. Though I'm gonna go Yoel Romero just because I hate to repeat some of the other uh adjectives out there, though the guy is Outlandishly explosive. Yeah, if if Yoel is to win, though, I think he has to do it early. I think he has to do it early because you think his cardio is still not there. What's that? You think his cardio is still not there? It hasn't. He finished Rockhold in what the third, so we didn't see him in the fourth and the fifth. You've seen him in. Uh, the controversial Weidman and Tim Kennedy fights where he bought some extra time on the stool. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have no recollection in of the that. In the Whitaker fight, he won the first two rounds. Yeah. He didn't throw that many strikes in the last three rounds. He, and he took almost over. took a whole round off, if you remember that. Yeah, hey, he only few. He yeah. took a whole round off. Yeah. He's like, and I'm just going to relax. He won the first two <laughs> rounds, though. Sure and did. Whitaker won the last three, I think, on every single card. Yeah. Because he tired out so hard. It goes back to that. That more muscle needs more oxygen stuff, and guys with more muscle tire out faster. And I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, makes sense to me. I I I think that it goes similar to the first fight. I think that it's going to be Whitaker by decision. I think it comes down to being a striking match. Romero's got this excellent wrestling, but. He doesn't. He uses it for takedowns, but he doesn't hold his guys there. You've never seen a, a Romero ground and pound finish that I can remember. Yeah, against uh, Machida. He ground and pounded Machida. Yeah, elbow strikes. Fucking anybody else? I mean, he's a silver medal, silver medal Olympic wrestler, but genuine. Well, actually. I don't even want to count. He's not taking Whitaker down like Machida. When you think no. of Machida, you don't think of uh, wrestling. Really? So maybe it's a little <laughs> bit easier to do it to I mean, Machida. I mean, I don't remember that fight, but I had just watched it just as a refresher recently. But genu- generally, when I've seen him take guys down, they don't stay down. And I don't know what that is, but he he would prefer to strike. Um, there's a couple guys that are wrestlers that would prefer to strike. I, I, I don't know what that is. Maybe they're trying to prove themselves or maybe he's conserving energy because grappling takes so much out of you. True. He, he, he definitely uses his ability. I would imagine, I'd imagine his game plan is more so having that base, that wrestling base, knowing that he's not going to be taken down, knowing that he's not going to have to deal with someone that's going to come in and try to take him down and submit him. Yeah. He's going to, find his way out of that quite easily. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta think you gotta think if Romero doesn't win, mm-hmm. it's probably the end of Romero, isn't it? That'd be back to back losses to the champion and he's forty one. Uh no. What what does he have to gain by to continue fighting? Uh just be great. I just I can't put my I can't wrap my head around Yoel not being in the UFC anymore, not fighting anymore. Uh, he just there's something about him that fights Father Time well. He's 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 going to a split decision with Father Time. He's he's not losing this fight. I don't think he's losing it. You can say he has issues with cardio in the fourth and fifth rounds, you know. I don't think it'll make it to the fourth or fifth round. I think he gets head kicked. I don't. I think he gets head kicked. I think he wins the ground and pound second round. Yeah. Whitaker won on one leg. He can win on two. Look, man. Whitaker gets all the props <laughs> in the road for surviving that because his knee was destroyed. He took a year off after that fight? Uh, uh, I don't think it was a full year. I mean, he also almost. had the whole uh, – Chicken pox thing and all that stuff that was factored into that time, but Whitaker, you're a grown man. Chicken pox. Hey man, it happens. I don't know. 
I'm going Yoel. I'm going Yoel, ground and pound, second round. I think you're underestimating Yoel. I think you're overestimating Whitaker. I do believe that Whitaker has the tools to become champion again if he does lose, for sure. I, To your point, I don't know if Yoel can hold the belt. Though, he can hold the belt against a lot of these other middleweights. He can beat Luke Rockhold again. You mean... Kelvin Gastelum's coming for that ass. Look, Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> needs to take his big ass down to 170 and stop knocking out all my legends. <laughs> I need Kelvin Gastelum to stop knocking out all my legends. Future champ. I'm so tired of him being successful and me oh, liking man. him. I'm all about the Kelvin Gastelum, Brandon Moreno hype train over here. Yeah, it's, that's another one. <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum, bilingual, easily marketable in the Freaking wrong division. trilingual. Yeah, that's true, right? Portuguese. Speak Spanish, Portuguese, and English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In in conclusion, though, this card is this is Dana's birthday card, right? This is the whole. No, that's the, that's whole thing. the uh, Calgary card. That's right. I'm sorry, I'm getting those two mixed up. The Calgary card is the one he's stacking for his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, this card is uh, this card is seriously stacked i hope it stays stacked i hope it stays together we'll see how weigh-ins go and there's a lot yet to unfold after this podcast is dropped we're gonna go ahead and wrap up it's a long list of topics we just covered yeah man uh we'll be tweeting from uh pfl1 tomorrow look out for that look out for some pictures some comments um Follow Fight Stance Pod on Twitter, Fight Stance JC, Fight Stance Flex. Um, let us know what you think about the podcast. Look out for the look out for the Twitter poll, and uh, that's a wrap. That's it. Signing out.